Hello there, this is Jason Dees, and this is the Think Through It podcast. Think Through It exists to help people think through the big questions of life and culture. On the Think Through It podcast, we'll be talking with friends, cultural influencers, and forward thinkers about the things that all of us need to be thinking about. Today, I'm going to be talking with one of my favorite guys to talk to, Matt Papa. A lot of you are used to seeing Matt behind a guitar, singing, or maybe you know him as a songwriter. But beyond this, Matt is one of the best thinkers I know, particularly when it comes to thinking through things at a very high level and thinking through those same things at a very precise level. So I'm glad that he's decided to join me as we think through one of the most pressing issues of our day. It seems that every week someone is losing their job over sexual misconduct. It's interesting that all of this is happening in a time where the lines of what is right and wrong sexually don't really seem to matter. Is this even a question of sexual ethics? Or is it something different? And how should a Christian think about these things? And how should Christians and non-Christians alike speak into this continuing story? There's a lot to think about here, and I'm glad that my good friend with a great mind has decided to join us today as we think through it. So, Harvey Weinstein, Al Franken, Louis C.K., Roy Moore, Matt Lauer, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. It just seems like every week, every couple of days, we're hearing a new report of some sort of sexual misconduct, and this, um, you know, the, the flag of morality uh, has raised. Now, I obviously, when I kind of think through this, seeing just a, a trend toward immorality, seeing a trend toward just you know, sexual liberty, I, I get skeptical anytime somebody starts raising the flag of sexual immorality. Uh, so when I think about what's going on here, what is going on here? I mean, how would you, how would you categorize this newfound uh, conviction, and I'm putting that in air quotes, that we're seeing in American culture right now? That's a great question. Um, you know, and, and I think you ask the question what it is, you know, I, I, th- I, think, I think that's the right question because when you, uh, sort of in the, in the absence of a religion, it's like what, what, what is it at that point? Um, because it's hard to, uh, you know, when, when everything's gray and then suddenly things are black and white, yeah, you know, yeah. what's, what's happening. And I think, um, I mean, I, I mean, essentially it raises those two questions for me, like one, what is this, um, in, in, in a sort of postmodern post, uh, Christian culture, post more post morality, you know, what's, what's happening. And then two, how do we, I guess, as Christians relate to it and respond to it? Uh, those are definitely the, the two questions. What's been interesting to me is it seems to me, like if I had to say what's going on right now, it seems to me that the sexual revolution has been on a collision course with something, right, for a long time, and it is now colliding up against the victim narrative or the oppressor and oppressed kind of narrative that we see in our culture. And so now, because no one's really talking about 
how these things are immoral acts, they're more so talking about, well, what about all these victims? What about all these people that are being victimized? Um, and so, yeah, so to me, it's these things have collided now. Um, and it's interesting to see where that's going to go. I mean, I asked the question, will it lead to somebody saying, uh, yeah, no, this is right. This is the bounds of sexuality or th these are there needs to be some sort of sexual ethic in place in order for us to understand what the rules are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I saw somebody, uh, quote, like sent out a tweet or a quote or something recently that like, you know, as an email, evangelical Christian, my, uh, <laughs> my, mor my morality, uh, is, is totally, um, you know, it's total bigotry and, and totally out of date. But now suddenly it's back in style. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so that I mean, yeah, it is a good question. I, to me, when you say what is it, I think it's a combination of it's it's a it's it's a trend on the one hand, and then on the other hand, it's it's the image of God in us, you know, s sort of shrieking out, saying, you know, there's there there's something here, you know, there there's. Uh, there is a, there are absolutes and there are, you know, so, and I don't know if we want to get there already in the conversation, but, you know, it just does bring up that question of in, in a, in a culture of ab no absolutes, wh where do you go? Yeah. Well, well postmodernity is destined to crumble. Right. Yeah. And I, so I guess I kind of ask like, is this the beginning of that? Like, is, are we seeing, is this um, in the narrative of human history? Are we seeing a foreshadowing of postmodernity crumbling, and what will undo postmodernity? Um, you you kind of bring up an interesting. Let me let me go and throw something else out, and then you can sure. just take it all and run with it. <clears throat> but you bring something else up, like the the idea of the moral trend um, versus the moral absolute. Mm -hmm. uh, and this definitely has that feeling. Um, it's like these all of these things were okay four months ago, but now they're not okay. And I'm, I'm thinking like as a CEO of NBC or whatever, like, right. you know, I was allowing this stuff, but now uh, I don't have the, the cultural cover to allow it anymore. And that's, a, that's the de definition of a trend. Um, yeah, so I mean, what, sorry, what, what are you? Yeah, I mean, I just think the difference between moral trends, moral absolutes, you know, how do we discern what is going on? Uh, you said like Christian morality is back in style. What does that even mean? Is that just, well, there's, it's not really Christian morality as much as it's just a trend that seems to be happening. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I don't, and, and this may be zooming out too far or whatever, but I, to me, it brings up the question of, you know, uh, image of God versus how, how much are we marred and that kind of thing. And like, is will society sort of devolve morally? I, I don't I don't I don't think that it will. I think like that that piece of who we are that God how God made us. Uh, I think you know we, we we just walk in the tension of that, and we'll always walk in the in the um, in the tension of that. So I think you know in a in a culture where there the the you know you remove scripture, you remove absolutes you know all, all you're left with is sort of to drift with these these trends like I, I think about uh, Chesterton you know he says when you when you cease to worship God you don't worship nothing you worship anything yeah you know and uh, and I, I, was, I was reading recently this uh, 
Ravi Zacharias thing. He he quotes. He's quoting uh, uh, this poem, and uh, the guy throughout the poem. It's he's he's kind of sarcastic and snarky about, you know, our culture with no absolutes. Like the only creed we have is that there are no creeds or whatever. You know, he's kind of he's kind of being sarcastic. But he, he, when he gets to the end, he says, uh, if, you know, if chance be the father of all flesh, then disaster is his rainbow in the sky. And when you hear uh, sniper kills 20, right. uh, f- parents abandon children, schoolhouse bomb, when you hear these news headlines, it's, it's, but it's the sound of man worshiping his maker. So if chance be the father of all flesh, disaster is rainbow in the sky. So I, I guess I'm saying that to say all these news headlines that are all coming out, in a sense, is the sound of man worshiping his maker. E- even though you know, even though it is a trend, and even though you're unsure how to how to relate to it, to me it's like a, to me it's it's not a yes but thing. It's a yes and, you know, thing. Yeah, it, there's a reason it's a trend. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a and and that's like I don't. To, to me, if, if, it's, if our response is, as Christians is yes, but, I don't know if, if that's as helpful as to say uh, yes, and let's, let's think about the inconsistencies of, 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 of our culture, of our society. Yes, and let's think about the fact that, uh, you know, suddenly we have a sex conscious in a culture of, uh, that's, that's ridden with pornography and sex trafficking and, and you know, billboards and sitcoms that that just um that hold sex on a huge pedestal you know let's yes yes and let's talk about the yeah, how deep this really goes yeah it's yeah it's a bigger issue than just powerful executives taking advantage of people in their office place yeah um it's pervasive i mean and that's what i was thinking like when you talk about the inconsistencies um you know how is this any different uh, then, you know, we sit here on Piedmont. How is what's happening that people are so in outrage over any different than what happens at the strip club down the street, right. you know, every night? Right. Um, there's women who are being taken advantage of because they need money uh, and they're coerced into this um, by, you know, men that, that have these debased desires. And so I think that... Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that this will create a light to the bigger issue that's going on. Uh, again, I'm fearful that it may or may not. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I was even thinking this morning, like as, I, as I'm on my way in here, and the, and I just, you know, I've, I've actually been thinking a lot about technology recently in general and sort of the ethics of it. And I think even with this. Um, our culture, like as we, as we become, uh, sort of thoughtless consumers, and as and as, you know, as we leave the, the realm of critical thinkers, and we become like thoughtless consumers, it's just it's just like the loudest voice, in the room, wins. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's what you see, like in the Trumps of the world and, and in the media in general, the loudest voice, whoever the, holds the cards, the, gets the most to speak. money, yeah. the most advertising that is, is what, and, and, and because we're thoughtless consumers now, we're kind of like, 
animals in the sense we just kind of look at that and hear that and we're like oh okay let's go over here now you know right, like yeah. we're not we've lost you know th the technology has has had a numbing effect on our minds and um uh, we've we've got to exercise dominion over ourselves and over how we how we uh how our devices are using us ri really you know and, and how the technology is using us and having an effect on how we think about anything how we think about morality how we think about faith and all these things so i think that's one way that christians if we're going to speak into this conversation or leverage this conversation for good and hopefully for some sort of godliness that's one way asking people to stop and sit back and just not even dictating morality to them or showing them a biblical morality but just asking them have you thought yeah. have you even asked the question what is right and what is good um or is are you truly ruled by your appetites? So, I mean, I think that's one way. I do think it's interesting how inconsistent our culture is, even when they think, it, you know, it's easy to condemn the bad appetites of another um, and, you know, be blind to your own, uh, you know, issues there, your own appetites, your own inconsistencies. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's one way that Christians can speak into this. How else should Christians be thinking about this? Well, I think... I think that this is a moment where, uh, you know, you hope that like artists and philosophers will speak speak up because these are the moments like where, so Nietzsche, for example, like at least the guy was honest enough to say, like, okay, if there's no God, if God is dead, then therefore, like, nothing matters. Like right. at, at least like at least he was honest enough. To take, uh, you know, take things to the logical take it end. to the logical extreme, yeah. to to its logical end, and so I think we need, you know, you hope that that ministers and philosophers and artists will will do that in, in a in a in a uh, ironic way, be it or sarcastic way or even wh whatever it, it takes to uh, to show where where this ends. And you know, the, just the, the problem comes in that you have movies and and sitcom and television and, and basically liberal uh, media that basically portrays a non-absolutes world in such a beautiful imaginative way that it 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 wins the day. Yeah. You know, and so you know, I I pray that that uh, thinkers on a who are who are in in the conservative um, crowd, and and by conservative I don't mean politically. I mean um, people who hold to absolute truth will will capture the imaginations again of 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 the world to say this this is what life really looks like in God's world. Like if 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 there's no if there are no absolutes, you can't you can't actually have a conversation. The only absolute that exists in kind of the postmodern America, and again, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier with the collision, is, you know, you know, there's like a base golden rule mentality, doing others as you have to do. Right. So as long as no one's being victimized, right, then you can pretty much do whatever you want. I think this does bring up an interesting question, though, of what does that mean mm -hmm. to be victimized? You know, yeah. what is, what does it mean? I mean, I was actually thinking too this morning, 
you know, just about the issue of even like, I was just thinking about how, um, you know, the male sex drive uh, can be so taken advantage of if, you know, I'm talking media knows that men have mm -hmm. a strong sex drive. And so they take advantage of that. But then, then I think you got to ask the question. Then you know the victim and the victim's mentality. Like this even brings in a question to me. Things like modesty, right? I mean, how do we get honest with what's going on here, and and treat one another in that sense? So, you know, for example, like if the woman is wearing, uh, you know, a uh, an immodest clothes to work all the time, and doing that. So that she can get advantage with this yeah. high powerful producer or whatever, doing that to get his attention, and probably doing that in a subconscious way, just because that's what the culture has taught her to do. Right. Then you know this is going to happen. You've you've already started going down that trail. Totally. Yeah. You we have, just don't recognize that we're going down that trail have, with with that. Yeah. You have a news anchor in a mini skirt with you know just wearing you know what 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 she's wearing, talking to how you know. These, these sex victims or, or right, sex yeah. trafficking is wrong and all these things and she's sitting there yeah, yeah. Kind of decked out the way she is like yeah we need we definitely need right. to right and so I think I, what I'm saying is this whole like thing of you're only you only like cross a moral boundary when someone else is harmed well you know what does that mean does well, that mean yeah does that mean that you've mm -hmm. harmed them by uh, actually like trying to make a sexual advance on them or are you harming them by like you know, subconsciously teasing them. And this, this, it's a bigger issue, which is why I think my point in all this is to say is we desperately need some sort of, we need someone who knows absolute truth to step in and tell us this is right and this is wrong and yeah. this is beautiful and this is good. It, it, it's our echo of, of our need for revelation and our need for absolutes. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so, it's interesting to me, though, when we think about these Christian things, and one of the things that I'm a little skeptical of, maybe, is I don't want to be like a bandwagon Christian. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's like, okay, now everybody's talking about this. And, yeah. um, you know, it, and it is interesting, too. Like, you know, I've heard, I've seen a lot of Christians you know, talk about the Roy Moore situation and kind of condemn evangelicals that might still vote for Roy Moore. And I'll just say this like, if I'll speak to this. If Roy Moore did what he's alleged to do, then yeah, we, we should condemn him. I will just say, maybe this is just this is just my hometown being from Alabama in me. I think a lot of people from Alabama that maybe aren't defending Roy Moore but are still going to vote for Roy Moore are doing so because they don't believe that these allegations are actually true because they're skeptical of the media. So then there's just distrust going on, uh, or they're they're skeptical of the political left. So there's distrust going all the way around here. But anyway, it feels like Christians are speaking about one thing, sometimes I think kind of carelessly, without yeah. maybe having all the facts. Um, but it, there's another side of that coin that says, okay, well, there is a really serious issue here. Obviously, we want to do everything we can to bring about a more sexually moral culture. Uh, so talk to me about that yeah. balance between bandwagoning and yeah. leveraging. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I think it's a great question. You know, kind of how do how do we think about all this stuff? How do we respond as Christians? As I've thought about it, you know, it seems it seems like there's a few different responses you can have. One is just sort of silence, and you know, be it for whatever 
reason that you don't want to be political or you don't want to be bandwagon or you don't want to just get involved in that, you know, uh, and, I, and I've thought about these things, you know, sitting, sitting behind a computer screen, screen looking at social media and the, all the noise and say, how do you, do you, do you join in with it or, or what? So, you, you know, you could, you could do silence, you could, um, you could do affirmation, you know, so be it, we're talking about any issue here really, but you know, this one in particular sort of newfound sex conscious, but it could be a racism, racism issue. It could be, it could be anything you could, you could do, uh, agreement or acknowledgement say, you know, yes, this is, this is wrong or th this is going on and, and kind of join in with, with the, uh, with the voices. And I think some, some, uh, you know, Christian evangelical leaders are doing that. And I think probably, you know, I don't know, you can't say the motivations behind why people do what they do, but some of that I think is just to, to bust a caricature of, uh, you know, sort of bigotry that right, yeah. evangelicals have carried to say like, you know, uh, we basically, we only, we only care about you know, abortion issues. Right. Or the, yeah, we're, we're going to stand with the GOP no matter what. Or, yeah. 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 And, and so a lot of, uh, you know, folks are, are speaking out on, on these, you know, issues that have, have typically been more, um, left conscious issues. And so, so I think, I mean, I think there's some good to that, but you know, obviously, and, and, and then, um, and then the the an, another response is is obviously to uh, to speak negatively against it. But but I think you know to go back to a little bit ago, as I've thought through this, I what I what I hope my response could be, and what, and, and uh, Christian folks' response to, could be when these things are swirling, is is not really a yes but but a yes and. So it's right. it's it's. Uh, I, th I think as Christians, it's it's going to be good for us to affirm when culture speaks about moral transcendence. To say yes, you you're you're right. That's good. Let's like let's look at that, and on top of that, let's look at how this plays out. If we take it to its logical conclusion, if we take you know or, or whatever, let's see how how we're being ins inconsistent. I think. Um, the the yes but kind of mentality, um, I don't know how helpful it is, and I don't know how helpful the silence is either. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's kind of a good middle ground, uh, kind of that third way, if you will. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, I think I think typically Christians should be skeptical of anything that we see in culture, yeah. right? And but then we figure out how to speak into it from a uh, you know, hopefully from a biblical and Christ-centered um, perspective. One kind of like little offshoot on that, if we're going to be yes and kind of people, which I think we should be, it calls us to, I think, fear and trembling. I think it calls us to um, hopefully a, uh, a repentance and pursuit of this morality that we're going to hold out. Um, I do think, you know, some of the reasons maybe there's silence and maybe there's some of the yes but is because we're not really willing to live out the absolute that we so affirm. Um, there is accountability when you start speaking that way yeah. that some people don't want to invite on themselves. And I, I think that, but I think that's a good conversation too, you know. I mean, our lives can either advance or bring great damage to the witness of Christ. Um, 
And so, I mean, I think it's a good reminder to us as Christians, Christians in leadership position, you know, um, you know, we, we've got to almost look, okay, where is my heart sinful in this first um, before we start speaking into it? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I want to spend a little time kind of as we close talking about um, God's design, you know, and, and uh, obviously we see abuses all around us all the time. It's easy, as you said before, to the culture is winning the battle of talking about um, a world without absolutes in sort of an imaginative or beautiful way, a fun way, a mm-hmm. carefree way. Um, and it's easy to get drawn into that. It's easy to just start thinking that these things are normative um, because they're so pervasive. But let's talk about God's design and the beauty that it holds to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I I was reading, uh, this. I think it was David Foster Wallace, he was talking in this little paragraph section about... Uh, intimacy and uh about how basically like why doesn't anyone talk about how sex when there is no relational like like real relational intimacy whole self commitment is the loneliest thing in the world yeah and i you know i mean personally like i've never experienced that because i've i've only been you know married to one woman and been with been with her, but um, you know that that doesn't get airtime, you know. And you know, I, I think as as Christians, we and 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 artists and writers and, and anyway, you know, trying to trying to figure out ways we can we can convey the beauty of of marriage. I think any like a lot of other things um, in the Christian faith and in the world of absolutes, uh, but in the Christian faith in particular, it's uh, it's it's the way of carrying the cross, but it's it's bread versus versus candy. It's 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 a way of, it's it's a way of life that is is true health, true human flourishing. Yeah. As I think a, that's a good way as to opposed it. to the the fast and the easy and the quick and the whatever. Yeah, it's kind of the exchanging the day at sea for playing in the puddle in the mud. I mean, it's, right. it's the there's a great article. And I, I can't recall the title of it or even the author. It was the New York Times, and you know I think I can't remember how I first uh, came across it, but it's a woman basically describing her affairs, mm-hmm. uh, and her husband had cheated on her, and so she talks about this, and she talks about the excitement of it and the passion of it, um, and you know so she kind of talks about the candy, if you will. Yeah. Excitement is a, is a great word. But then in the end of the day, in, at the end of the article, she talks about her parents' marriage, who had been faithfully married for 50 years or whatever. And, yeah. she, and she almost, with this loneliness and brokenheartedness, looks, is looking at them and saying, any of these you know, moments that I've had of, of passion mm-hmm. and lust, they don't hold a candle to what they have and it's this great piece and I could probably share it on the think through it page uh, because it is it, it's one of those moments where actually someone uh, and this is not a Christian I mean this is just somebody who's right. observing the world and saying and honest enough to say you know what I've experienced is nothing compared to 
what is real and full and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes down to, you know, any, any of us. Like I heard a guy say once, the as it relates to sexuality or the things that God says in the Scripture related to money or anything. He's like, um, the most offensive verses in the Bible are not the things God says about that. The most offensive verse in the Bible is in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, yeah. And if if we recognize that, if we believe that, if we believe that God designed us and we believe that he's good and we have faith in that and we see that in the scriptures, then we have a posture and mentality to say, you know, we're going to, we're going to trust that he designed us to live in this way to flourish, you know, to, to have, uh, for, for the sake of human flourishing and to live in that and to have faith in that and, and to trust that. But if you do have that posture, then it's the most beautiful yeah. and the most fulfilling. And, you know, I, I've never felt lonely or separated or fearful you know, after making love with my wife, right? Mm -hmm. I've only felt full and close and safe, you yep. know? And so I, like you said, I, I've never experienced these kind of ill feelings with this. And because hopefully, you know, again, you know, to quote Al Mohler, you know, everyone north of uh, puberty is sexually perverted in some way. So mm -hmm. I'm certainly not claiming innocence on this, but, yeah. you know, because I've at least tried to, by God's grace, followed a path of, uh, of purity there there's you know uh, there's a lot of joy that I can have in in my marriage and in God's design it is good it is beautiful it is right well Matt thanks for taking some time this is you know this is one of those subjects that I think is kind of an ongoing thing because it's really more cultural observation and commentary than it is about this one issue it's really kind of this idea of the moral trend versus the moral absolute but it's but it's a helpful and, and I appreciate all you said it's been very helpful for us um, so for Matt Papa, I'm Jason Dees, encouraging you to think through it. <laughs>